It is Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. First time I actually had to say 2023. I didn't butcher it. That's pretty good. I was wondering, like, is the two going to come out? Is the three going to come out? And guess what? Four will be here before we know it, Chris. And after that, it's oh, five. Do that. Yeah. Were you surprised I tapped you on the shoulder on New Year's Eve and showed up at the, your little soiree that you were having? I was so happy because I told you to, to stop by, then I didn't really hear back from you. And then I saw um, a guy show up who said, hey, I was just with your buddy C. Rose. And I was like, what? And that's when I gave you the call. And yes, I was very surprised. Um, I told the story yesterday on on Talking Baseball, how you left 14 minutes before the ball dropped. Yes. Which, you know, like that's your C. Rose for a reason, bro. You You marched to your own beat. But there's a reason. Don't you want to hear what it is? I do. Okay. So I, you know, I work all day on Sunday. That's New Year's Day, right? We had a full day of NFL. And so the reason I told Michelle we were going to go out with the, with three other couples for dinner, I said, no problem. I said, I want to be home by midnight. I don't like being on the road after midnight. I just never have for years. It's amateur hour out there. I said, I just want to be home by midnight. So when we got your call on the ride home, where we were and where we were going, your stop was in between. So yes. Michelle's like, just go. Let's go say hi. It'll be fun. I said, okay. I said, but we're not. We're leaving in time to get home. She goes, okay, okay. So we we were there for 12 minutes. I gave you and Olivia a big hug. I shook Matthew Stafford's hand, and that was it. We had a good time. We were a little sauced up when you got there. So I imagine that you yeah. kind of came in. I don't know how you were. You were driving, so you were sober, but not. Didn't not have me. a sip. Not me. Didn't have one sip all night. Yep. All right. I, I paid for it the next day. No, no doubt about that. Now, Michelle, she was okay. <laughs> anyway, let's get to the, uh, the questions at hand. Our first few for the 2023 edition of baseball today. And let's start with somebody we haven't talked a lot about, but. We're going to this week because the L.A. Dodgers need to make a decision on the future of Trevor Bauer by January 6th. They can either keep him or they can release him. Suppose they could trade him. I don't know if that would ever happen. What do you think is going to happen to Trevor Bauer since his original suspension of 324 games has been lessened by an arbiter down to 194? Well, I guess we need to inform the people. Yeah, he will be available on opening day. He's still going to get docked 50 days of pay. Um, so it leaves his his um, salary this year. The Dodgers are owed or the Dodgers owe him at like $22 million. So it is a big decision mm-hmm. for them. Um, I think the, the thing that you said probably isn't going to happen. I think that does happen. In my opinion, the Dodgers, the decision for them is easy. Um, they have a pretty good team. Obviously, you know, we can talk off the field stuff with Bauer, but on the field, he's a pretty good pitcher. He hasn't pitched in a year. I mean, if you slot him in at your three or four, you're probably pretty happy with that strictly baseball related. The problem is the Dodgers aren't going to think about this just in terms of baseball. This is a brand issue for them. And and they don't want, in my opinion, and what I've heard, they don't want to be kind of associated with that and have to answer to that. This is a $5 billion brand that, you know, a $22 million salary is not really going to affect it. You want to keep this brand pristine. So they're going to do that. Now, what happens after that, 
he, they designate him for assignment, just like anybody else. Teams can come in and try to trade for him within a seven-day window. I think a team does end up trading for him. I think they'll probably just trade some money, some some um, salary relief for the Dodgers. And I listed some teams yesterday on Talking Baseball. I think that might be after him. I think we've talked about it a little bit on the ant portion of this, but he's going to be pitching somewhere next year. It just we don't know who who's going to who's going to take that and say, you know, we can. We can deal with the off the field stuff because we want to be better on the field. Yeah. And I do think there's a time and a place to discuss that, but that is once he is somewhere else, because there is a big part of that equation, even though he was never criminally charged, um, what you get with Trevor Bauer when you bring him in. And it's questions that the Dodgers had to answer because of some of the reported bullying or actual bullying that we saw on social media from Trevor Bauer. They had to answer it the day that they signed him to that lucrative three-year contract. Uh, I personally think he won't be a member of the Dodgers. Um, I don't know why the Dodgers have waited this long since he was reinstated nearly two weeks ago to make some sort of move. But they have the full allotment until January 6th where they do have to make some sort of um, transaction. I don't think he's going to be a member of the Dodgers, although I do think this is the one time over the last three years they've really needed him. I have yeah. to be honest with you. This is, don't you think? I mean, they're, the starting pitching there, the depth isn't as plentiful as it has been in years past. So, yeah, I mean, look, anyone can add this guy to the rotation and on the field, it's probably going to make your team better. But again, this is uh, sometimes there are bigger things than that. And, and like I said, the brand means a lot to these teams. I mean, that that's why there's so much money going around in baseball is because there's only 30 of these dang things and you want to keep it, keep your brand, like I said, pristine and, and, and clean of controversy if you can. And let's be honest, teams want to win too. There are some cities where, where Trevor Bowers act, people won't care about it. They'll just they want to make sure that he won't fracture. I think a no, I see I, I disagree with that. I think I think most people, you know, if they kind of hear the situation, they'll, you know, kind of wrinkle their face like I'm doing at it. And you know, some people have a stronger opinion on it than others, but I think everyone cares and and wants I think we want to know like kind of like the truth. And I don't know if we'll ever really kind of get that uh, part of it. Cause there are still some civil cases going on, I believe. I you know, I, I know there's but one, but there's civil cases that he has. I mean, he, too, he yeah. is going um, against people in terms of uh, essentially media fraud, if you will. Yeah, I mean, and, that's, and that's that's another part of the distraction that will come along with it. I mean, these, you're going to have to be asked questions about this, you know, all through spring training, probably all through the season. You know, he's going to get booed. Like, it's just – I think for the Dodgers, it's, it's kind of a no-brainer. Um, I understand that. You know, twenty-two million dollars is twenty-two million dollars, but again, this is the Los Angeles Dodge we're talking about, and like the net, or like what that team is worth is, I think probably around five billion dollars. I guess so. Might be more. Might be, Might be more. less. Right. Let's move on to another National League West team, Arizona Diamondbacks. Jake Snakes. They got busy signing Evan Longoria to a one-year, four million dollar deal. I do believe. When do we start paying attention to these D-backs as a legit wild card contender? When they make us pay attention, Chris. This is one of those questions where you I feel like you're setting me up to talk poorly about an organization. I don't want to do that. Mm. They've made some good moves here. Uh, but they gotta show it, man. Like there's 
a lot of young guys that they're banking on here. They brought in some some veterans. Obviously, Longo is a guy that I love and cherish. He's actually my idol on the baseball field. I've told him that many times. Um, I think for him, it's a great deal. He gets to live at home in Scottsdale and kind of do this whole thing. They've made the right moves. Um, Gabriel Moreno, if he comes over and is the stud that you know people think he can be awesome, like maybe they find something in Kyle Lewis, although they have a very crowded outfield. We saw some of those guys come up last year. A lot of things have to go right for them, and I'm not going to give them you know, playoff contender until they show it to me. I mean, that's kind of the way I, I think about teams in general, especially a team that's kind of had you know, pretty pedestrian results over the last, what, decade, more? You got to show it to me first. I'll say the same thing about the Rangers, too, by the way. Yeah, but why why can't they be this year's Orioles? I mean, they could. They could. I'm not ready to give them that yet because you got to go out and do it, Chris. I mean, I, I we, no one did that I, I to the that, Orioles but... last year, and they surprised everyone. Then we started talking about it. And I think that's kind of the – that's kind of how I, uh, you know, interpret like situations like this. You got to show me, man. Okay, so there's a few things that have to happen. One is Cattell Marte has got to go back to being the Cattell Marte that everybody loved in baseball where we we're like, oh, you got to trade for that guy because he's like an MVP candidate. He was not that last year. He wasn't anything close to it. Um, I like some of their young guys. I, I thought McCarthy was really interesting yeah, with nice what swing. he did. I thought Rojas is kind of a, a a viable piece that they can move around to different positions. Um, I want to see a full season of Carroll. You know, I Dude. like their top two pitchers in their starting rotation. Zach Gallen was phenomenal. Um, Merrill Kelly's you know, got to do it Merrill again. Merrill Kelly was, yeah, but I mean, but these are these are building blocks. Of course, they have to do it again when you're a young team and. Young players, yes, you have to prove it multiple times in order for us to move you up a few rungs on the ladder. But I I don't think, like, between Colorado and Arizona, Arizona's a way more interesting team, right? Unless Co Tucker makes the team. I'm just kidding. No, yeah, of course. I think on on the field, yes, this is a this is a better team. But again, I guess we have to see that too. And look. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but in my mind, as I'm kind of going over the rosters, as we start to prepare for spring training, all that stuff, is the league getting more and more top heavy? Doesn't it seem that way? Yeah. Yeah, and it does. I, I don't know how great that is for baseball. And I don't know how, to, how great it is for a team like the Diamondbacks where like, you know, I think there's some real top heavy teams. And I know we got more, we have more teams in the playoffs, you know, than ever. Uh, so the chances are greater, but. Again, it doesn't like feel that way. Here's the thing. Yeah. In the doesn't. NFL, it feels like it's every almost year, in the, that's the problem. In the NFL, there's always teams that move up from the basement and get into the playoffs the next year. There's always a bunch of teams that, that weren't there a year ago that are going to punch their playoff ticket. And in baseball, we had 12 playoff teams. You tell me which one is definitely not making it. Uh, I was Dodgers. Dodgers, yes or no? Yes. They're making it. Braves. Yes. Phillies. Yes. Well, yes. 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 Padres. You keep going, baby. Yeah. I mean, you just it's the Cardinals, Guardians, and stop. It's just yeah, that's the that's this is the problem. Like maybe my Cleveland Guardians are the one team where you're like, I don't know. I think the White Sox can bounce back. Guardians were great young story last year, but 
other than that, like you feel great about the Yankees. You don't feel good about the Red Sox. I think you feel good about Toronto, maybe Tampa Bay, because we never trust them. Seattle, okay. But I mean, really, there's very few question marks heading into the season. And to me, that is disheartening for the sport. It won't work out that way, I don't think. You know, we we sit back and we look at the rosters, we look at last year and and you know, sure, but there's gonna be injuries, there's gonna be people underperforming, there's gonna be some overperformers on some of these teams. So I, yes. I'm hoping that we get some other teams that sneak into the playoffs and the wild card and do what the Phillies did. I mean, you get hot at the right time, things can happen. Uh, but as we're sitting here right now, you and I just talking in January 3rd, you know, we're looking at the rosters. All we can do is is kind of see who's better on paper. And the, I don't think the Diamondbacks are there yet. Well, speaking of paper, well, maybe not paper, but Internet, uh, MLB.com came out with its first 2023 power rankings, which I usually don't care about, even though Brady always comes home and he goes, do you see where they've got us ranked in the power rankings? I'm like, dude, that's it, just one person's opinion. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, it's fine. Whatever they are, they are. What surprised you most about the initial power ranking of 2023? You know, I'm not going to go all the way down and say, oh, you know, I think the Reds are a little too high at 25, and they maybe should be at 28. I don't want to do that because I don't really want to talk about the Reds right now. So I'm going to – Probably make our fans mad. Definitely our producer mad. I think the Yankees are a little too high at number five. Really? I would flip-flop the Yankees and the Dodgers. I have no idea how the Dodgers are out of the top five, and I'm assuming the only reason they're out of the top five is so idiots like you and I eat this thing up and say, hey, bro, why, yeah. why aren't the Dodgers in the top five? You, this is I just said you got to prove it in this in this game. The Dodgers don't have to prove anything. Dude, they have been there, done that. Did we just talk about how the rotation depth isn't as great as, it, as it's been? Sure, but they still have guys there. The lineup is still very good. This is a great organization. And do I think the Yankees are going to be really good? Yes. Did they add Rodon to a rotation that I think is going to be really good? Yes. But, man, I still think the lineup needs work. Aaron Judge carried that team. I'm talking carried that team. Yeah. And you can't expect the dude to have a, another year no like way. that. We talked about how it was a historic year, a once-in-a-generation year. You think he's going to have it again? Like, there's going to be a little bit of regression there. And, you know, unless some people step up. I know we got some young guys coming up, and our producer, Dan, loves Volpe and all these things. But you got to prove it at the big league level. I think if there's one thing, I, I, would, I would put them a little bit lower. Or at least I wouldn't have them below or above the Dodgers. Yeah, so the Dodgers are seven. The Yankees are five. And by the way, I think the Padres were four. Yeah. So they're ahead of the Dodgers too, which I think would certainly be interesting. At least they beat the Dodgers. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's true. True. For me, um, the reason I'm wearing a Milwaukee Brewers hat is that they've got them ranked 14th. And I know that that's just slightly above average. I'm a little worried about the brew crew. Have they even signed a free agent in the off season? I, I thought I saw a, a stat that said they spent $0 so far this off season. Yeah, on on new free agents, I think is what it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, yes, they've made a couple of moves. Uh, they brought in Contreras right in the three way trade, um, and didn't give up anybody. I don't believe on the major league roster. And then they brought in Jesse Winker uh, and Toro in the deal for Colton Wong. So it it could improve a little bit uh, hitting wise. Maybe, you know, if Jesse Winker gets back to what he was when he was in the National League Central in 2021, sure, that'd be great. 
Uh, Contreras, we love as a stick, still developing as a as a plate guy, you know, behind the dish. But it just feels like a lot has to go right for the Brewers to be in the top half of baseball. I I, I think they should be rated higher. I mean, with the pitching staff, really, they have, we all yeah, all we asked them to do was upgrade that offense. Okay, and and like, have they done it? I mean, yeah, you got Contreras there. I think he's definitely going to help the offense. And then Winker and Toro, like these are guys that can have really good years, and we could be like, wow, that was a great move for them. Again, you got to prove it. That's the that's the theme of this episode. You got to prove it to us. Um, I, I would I would put them higher than the Rangers. They have Rangers at thirteen right now, and the Brewers at yeah. 14. I thought the Rangers I, were high. I would probably have them above. I I'm still a believer in the Brew Crew. Maybe I'm just maybe I need to stop. stop and maybe I have the recency bias where I just saw them take a shot in September, and can't get that out of my brain. I would feel better if they had um, Josh Hader still. Yeah, I think that you know what he would have probably helped. I think so because you know then you're. I, I just wrong. like pitching. Okay, you got this. You got the starters there still, and then you have the back end. I know they have Devin Williams, but having the two guys back there is really something that I think that most teams would enjoy. They got rid of him. They moved on. We'll see how they go. I, I, I'm still a believer in this team. I think they still could compete for the NL Central. There's no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, last thing before we get out of here on the YouTube and the podcast side of things. Um, fun little winter classic. Fenway Park. Penguins, Bruins. And I love the way they showed up to the park. The Bruins were wearing the old Red Sox unis. The Penguins were wearing old Pirates unis. If you could... Y- find a uniform an old uniform that baseball teams had to stick with in 2023 and had to wear that year's unis for the entire season what would you do okay this one's probably not popular but it's always like been near and dear to my heart because i played on this team when i was a young pup at northridge little league uh but i'd bring back some of the angel stuff when they i think Mm. it was like I guess it was the early nineties, like mid nineties when they had the silver brim and the a with the wings on it. Yeah. It kind of looked gimmicky, but at the same time, a a young me just loved that metallic brim. So I'd bring that back. And I think they had the baby blue brim too, with the, with the Navy on top. It just kind of looked really clean. So I I like those unions. I, I would bring those back. So you played for the angels at Northridge. I did. Yeah. We were good okay. too, and then we first had the logo with this. I, I believe it was the C in the A, um, real dark navy with the red, and then we transitioned into the 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 new unis when they got. And that must have been ninety eight, ninety nine when they had that. I think. Wow, way back then, huh? Twenty five years ago, baby. That's crazy. He's already a married man. Ninety eight, ninety nine. Wow. Um, for me, I am going back to we are family. The last time the Pittsburgh Pirates won it all in 1979. Uh, I that was one of the first World Series I remember. Um, in part because it felt like throughout all seven games against the Baltimore Orioles, they were wearing a different combination. And I know in recent years they brought some of these back, you know, for mm-hmm. kind of an alternate look. And I remember talking to Brault about how heavy they were when he would wear them. He's like, gosh, these things are so yeah. heavy. Um but I love them. I dig them. And I wish that they would wear them all season long and just keep changing them. The white with the pinstripe is really underappreciated. 
That's a good look. I love the all black. The all black was unreal. And definitely the stovetop caps. You know, the ones where Pop Stargell would hand out a star if uh, if you made a good play. And then, you know, they're like the college football stickers, you know, the hel- helmet stickers when you do make a good play. So I'm definitely in favor of this. You know what I love about Pittsburgh? I love the black and yellow theme of all the sports teams. I love when everything coincides. And they're all like located really centrally. I just feel like Pittsburgh is such Mm -hmm. a good sports town. Um, Another one, the Dontrell Willis, Josh Beckett, Young Me Cabrera, those Florida Marlins jerseys. I mean, those are classic. Can't go wrong with those either. No, those are are solid. I'm a a pinstripe guy. Yeah. Well, did you you wore pinstripes up in Minnesota? We had some cream pinstripes um, that we wore. I don't think they have them anymore. We've re, we've rebranded the twins. I know you have. You set of unis, man. Okay. Well, hopefully you just stay right in the middle though of the American League Central standings. Thank you. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, quick shout out to next week's guest on the Rose Rotation, the recently retired Teddy Barrett, joined me on the show, and. Amazing story about you. Okay, I'm curious. Yeah, I love I love Ted. We always had great conversations. I'm curious what story he would bring up. Yeah, no, you'll have to listen next Monday. I think on the end portion, I'll tell my Ted Barrett story. How about that? What's that? I'll tell my Ted Barrett story on the end portion of this. Okay, no, he was like, yeah, make sure you say hi to Plu for me, and. Yeah, it was very cool. We had he's been involved in some amazing games. He's the only umpire to work two perfect games behind home plate. He had David Cohn and he had Matt Kane. He and he worked a third on the field, Philip Umber. Um, oh wow. Yeah. Do you remember that he, last pitch of Philip Umber's uh yes. perfect game? Just like a 40-foot spiked curveball. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And then uh, he also was on the field when Sammy Sosa's corked bat came into play. Yep. He's uh he's one of those guys, you know, there's a few umpires who just, you really respect because they will admit when they're wrong. They'll talk to you about calls. So when, when we went into a game and, and Ted was behind the dish, the game just went smooth, man. You wouldn't have guys arguing with him. You just, they'd talk to him respectfully. He'd respectfully talk back to you. And that was it. I swear, man, I, I want to see the numbers on how many guys got thrown out by Ted Barrett. I bet it's low. I bet it's low compared we talked to I mean, about he, that. Cause he, he also played for a, a long time or he umpired for a long time. So maybe, you know, it probably crept up there, but on but average, I bet he barely tossed. Low. Yeah. Well, he did toss Bobby Cox when Bobby Cox set the ejection record. Nice. So, <laughs> he probably, yeah, we cover it. a lot of good. I mean, umpires <laughs> have such good stories and he did not disappoint. So we'll look forward to that coming your way on Monday. A uh, special shout out to our one of a kind producer, Dan Rourke. That is Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today.